Hello, this is Seductive Storm and welcome to my podcast. I hope you'll enjoy it from time to time. It'll just be me talking to you on topics and other times I'll have co-hosts or people that I'm interviewing. So get ready for some real talk with Storm. Hello everyone, I just wanted to let you guys know, first of all, thank you so much to everyone who has been thanking me for creating this podcast. Um, Those of you who may not know what you're listening to, although you should, this is Straight Talk with Storm. I'm known in the industry as Seductive Storm and I have been a companion uh, for 18 years total, although I did retire uh, twice for about a year each time. But overall, I've, I've been doing this a long time, and I've made a few interview and podcast rounds this year, and I just felt like there was a need for a podcast that was relatable to everyone, or, or at least to the online community of sex workers, one that encompassed and welcomed everyone to the table, uh, not just the elite, not just the upscale, not just the VIP, but even the mid-grade and the, and the lower bracket um, because everyone needs to feel some type of support and education in this thing. And so um, I hope each one of these episodes will be enlightening to you or make you laugh. Some might even make you cry. Some might make you angry as shit with the things I say or the things other people who are on here are saying. But at least we're opening a discussion and hearing each other. So please tune in every episode and I hope you'll enjoy it. Thanks. Hello everyone. First, I want to apologize for these large breaks in podcast episodes. I'm probably going to go to a once at most twice a month release at this point because I just have so much going on. Sorry, let me put this. Um, I am just going to probably move to that because... For those of you who don't know, you know, um, well, first it's the holidays, so it's busy for everyone, including you who's listening, I'm sure. And it's certainly busy for me. Um, And then I have my uh, chef business that I'm trying to grow. And I spend a lot of time shooting content and filming for that. So it's getting hard to have time for a lot of other things. Um, If you're a gent listening and you're normally one of my only fans. I was, and I see people are still subscribing, even though I very rarely have a chance to get on there. Let me remind you that the best way to get my content, because I have plenty of it for sale, is SeductiveStormXXX.com. Once again, that's SeductiveStormXXX.com until I have a chance to film more OnlyFans content. But let's get into it. So this episode is going to, I'm just going to talk about a lot of things because like I said, it's been a while 
And so probably going to cross about four topics at this point. So buckle up and try to keep up. All right. So when the election happened, of course, um, Oregon, I believe it was decided to decriminalize hard drugs. Um, Now, first of all, I want to say I'm not trying to shade anyone. I'm not trying to make fun of anyone with addiction issues. I am really stating on the stuff that governments do at this point. Um, My issue is whether you are a drug addict or not, whether you've ever had drug issues or not. um, I used to use cocaine when I was younger. Not going to lie about that. I was never the term a junkie, but I certainly did more than was just considered recreational. So somewhere in the middle. Um, I have not used cocaine now in about, uh, shit, 13 years, I guess. Um, I don't really smoke weed either. I'm just a drinker, but you know, alcohol is still a drug also. Um, So, but I will say this, my issue is that governments on the state and federal level, on several levels, are absolutely positively okay with legalizing things like this, which do destroy lives, which are harmful, but they have an issue with decriminalizing except for like three to four states, if it's even that many in the U.S., who have decriminalized sex work. Let me explain something. And COVID has shown this. And if I didn't have underlying health issues, I could probably be making a killing right now if I was willing to take the risk. Because sex work is an essential job that keeps people sane. Sorry about that keeps people happy, keeps them relaxed, um, and just gives people a sense of peace, especially those who otherwise would be extremely lonely. Um, It's unless you're being trafficked, and I mean truly trafficked, not the news and media and uh, social media version of it, but truly trafficked. But if you're a sex worker of your own choice, And if the client is consenting, I know most of us don't go out, put guns to men's heads and drag them into our houses and force them to become our guest. You know what I mean? So with that being said, I just would love to see, and I think I probably speak for most sex workers, either it decriminalized or it made legal all the way across the board. Because how are we passing things like decriminalization of hard drugs and I get why to get rid of the shame and the stigma so they can go in and get the health care they need the help they need I get it but why doesn't that also apply to sex workers it absolutely should and if you have issue with that then you don't know anything about how this world we're in as sex workers like operates um We have the same stigma, the same issues as those who are on drugs, except for in most cases, and I have to say in most cases because it's not absolute, but in most cases, it's not destroying our lives or our clients' lives. In most cases, 
sure, you're going to find times when it did. You're going to find stories when it did. We we all know that. Um, It's not all rainbows and butterflies. None of us have ever said it was. But I just want states like Oregon (laughs) to also give sex work the same thoughtfulness and regard that they decided to give to hard drug use. That's all I'm saying. We can find a similar topic, and this one really plucks my nerves because, um, you know, I am one of those people who owns also, I hate to use the term legitimate businesses, but okay, by way of legality in this conversation, legitimate businesses outside of sex work. Um, and because of that, I was able to benefit to a degree from some of the government assistance during this pandemic. But that all expires at the end of December. Business has been slow as far as web design and other assignments uh, for the last, I guess, about month and a half. It's starting to pick up a little bit. And by the way, I appreciate it because I think some of you really are doing it just because you know me, you know my story, and you want me and my family to have a good holiday. So I definitely appreciate it, and it doesn't go overlooked. So if you're listening, thank you. But what I will say is this. Does anyone remember two, almost three years ago, how fast these assholes found a way to pass FOSTA-SESTA? But they can't find a way to resolve economic stimulus to save the housing food, and livelihood of millions of U.S. citizens. When people ask me, am I proud to be an American or do I think America is one of the best countries in the world to live in, I have to say no. Years ago, I wouldn't have said that, but I have to say no, sitting from where I sit now. And and on top of it, I'm a black woman with black children in America. So for me, The last four years under the current administration have been a nightmare. Um, I like to think of race as a human race, but that's not how the rest of the world sees it, no matter how I want to see it, because that's the truth. We're all human beings and that's all that should matter, but that's not the way the rest of the world sees it. And it plays out even in... um, how we're treated online on social media, how we're treated by clients, unless you get, you know, the really decent, good clients, suitors is what we call them, treat everyone well. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about the majority versus the minority. And the majority are those guys who somehow think black women and other ethnic women should decrease their standards for what they expect, both financially and behavior-wise in a session. I've talked on that many times, though, so I'm not going to get into that because I want to stay on topic. But the speed with which they passed FOSTA-SESTA, it was so fast, it made our heads spin. It changed a lot of our lives. Um, Some would say for the better, and in some ways in the beginning, it was even better for me. I brought me more web design customers because, of course, the sites were being shut down. So people needed a way. But now that it's kind of plateaued and we're seeing the true fallout, you have to sit and think, 
what country do we live in and what government are we dealing with that they're okay with watching people starve? They're okay with watching numbers pile up of people getting sick and dying. They're okay with police brutality. They're okay with all of these things. All of these. They're okay with people losing their homes. They're okay with all of this. But they are not okay with people consensually enjoying each other's time in exchange for financial gain. Doesn't that seem ridiculous to you? All hidden under the guise of protecting people from being trafficked. We all know that the moment they shut down the sites and started trying to make these sites be accountable and holding them to these ridiculous standards, that actually what it did was put the lives of many sex workers, regardless of gender and race, at risk. The police even tried to explain to them that this was a dumb idea. And it's rare that the police agree with us or we agree with them, right? But they even said this was ridiculous because at least with the online stuff, they had a way to track things. They had a way to keep up with things. And it gave people a way of knowing what happened to someone. Can you imagine some of those Craigslist murder cases and back page murder cases that happened if they'd have happened underground or on the street walking side of thing where there was no record or back trace of things in phones or email? Can you imagine? So that's what I'm saying. Um, the government loves to pass laws supposedly protecting people. But they won't do the basic protections that make absolute sense. Where is, our, where is our economic relief for those of us like me and many others who cannot take the risk of working, regardless of what type of work it is, who do not even have the means anymore to try to find the way to work, regardless of what type of work it is, who are homeschooling our children like we're we're actual whole like teachers, principals, nurses, sex workers and whatever job we got on the side right now to survive. There are so many sex workers that have other forms of income like me, not just sex work. But for me, it is still kind of tough for me cuz all of mine are self-owned businesses. I am a small-scale serial entrepreneur. And so I don't have the protections that people have when they have their regular office nine to five job and then they come home and do sex work. All of my work depends solely on me. All of my work is funded by me. So with that being said, I would love to live in a country that treats its citizens like how Canada treats its citizens. That response to COVID in the economic realm of things is the best I've seen and we're neighbors, and you would think that our our government would take some notes, but no, in America, it it just sucks. It it really sucks. Um, we pay taxes, and then we don't even have the most simple of human needs covered, and it's sad. And I, if anyone's listening who has a reach and knows some important people. Please ask them why. Ask them why it's so easy to decriminalize hard drugs 
why it was so easy to pass FOSTA-SESTA without giving a damn what it would do to people. But yet, we've been stuck in limbo for months now on stimulus. Makes no sense. So, the next thing I wanted to discuss... um, So, we're all shut in, right? We're all, like, home with nothing to, well, plenty to do, (laughs) plenty things to stress and worry about. But I think we all find ourselves heavily reliant on streaming services right now for our sanity. I think I've run through a lot of them. Um, So, there's a movie. I don't know how to pronounce things in Nigerian, so I'm probably butchering this. But there's a movie on Netflix called Alut. Alutur, I guess, O-L-U-T-U-R-E. And it was a movie about sex trafficking. Now, this movie, I will say, is the true, real definition of sex trafficking. Like like the real shit. Um, not the convoluted version. And it was interesting to watch. Uh, cringy to watch it, 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 it hit nerves when you watch it but it was good from time to time I'll, I'll dip and dive into some Nigerian movies on Netflix and in this movie um, this girl was trying to make a better life for herself similar to a lot of us and she dove into this world of being a what do they call it? I forget. Like a person who gives information. Like, you know, how people do it for the police. Well, she wasn't doing it for police, but she was doing it for a newspaper, a reporter who is trying to break a huge story that would bring some corrupt government officials in Nigeria down. So um, she would go into these sex world events. She lived in a brothel. And she basically finds a way to get out of all of her appointments in regard to actually having to follow through, seal the deal, have sex with them. And, you know, this newspaper guy tries his best to protect her. But um, finally, she goes to a party. She gets involved with this woman who is good at getting them passports and finding them passage out of Nigeria into Europe. But I don't think she understood what was going to be required. I don't think she understood that the lady basically was selling her into sex slavery. And so there's this politician. He pretends to be a perfect gentleman and he rapes her. And I'm not going to go any further than that because it'll ruin it for you. But what I can tell you is if you want to see those of you who don't quite understand the difference in volunteering free-willed sex work versus coerced, tricked into, or straight-up kidnapped, abused, and murdering real sex work, then watch Olutor on Netflix. Again, that's O-L-U-T-U. R-E. Really good. It's a tough watch. It may be triggering. So if you have PTSD of any type from rape, sexual abuse, 
anything like that, probably don't watch it. But if you think you're strong enough and can get through it, then it's a good watch. The last thing I want to get into, and um, hopefully it's going to allow me to read some of the notes from it. The last thing we want to get into is Samuel Little, right? (sighs) Um, I think we can all say that's just a nightmare. Um, But let me go to my email because I need to click that link in order to get back to the news story. Bear with. And hopefully the Washington Post is going to let me read it because I'm not paying for it. All right, so Samuel Little, for those of you who may not have been paying attention, who have lived under a rock, he is turning out to be, if all of his stories hold true, and I think they are, the most prolific, highest body count serial killer in the U.S. I am not trying to make fun of this, but I don't know. I'm 50, so... When serial killers and serial rape and all that stuff first started prior to Wayne Williams and the Atlanta child murders. And we're still not sure exactly what happened there. But if you remember, for the most part, serial killers, serial rapists were always white gentlemen. And usually people from middle class to at least fairly financially stable backgrounds. Um... And we used to make jokes and say, well, we know it wasn't one of us. Well, folks, I think we saw it first start happening back in the late 90s, early 2000s that, yes, there's plenty of us brown folks who are deeply disturbed, crazy, and downright demonic and evil as well. Samuel Little turning out to be Satan himself. So, um, basically... And you can go to the Washington Post and just search for Samuel Little and you'll find it. But um, I believe the earliest case that they documented was 1984, but I'm sure he was probably killing before that. But I wanted to just read some of this to you. So... Um, basically, he managed to get away several times from being locked up when he should have been. Yet another situation where I've been convicted twice now of sex work. Very easy for them to catch people who are minding their business and not doing anything that harms anyone. But when you're a rapist, a real sex trafficker, uh, funny how you get to fall through the tracks till you end up killing over 93 women but um let me read a little bit of this um it's a very disturbing thing how women are overlooked and i again i don't like bringing up race but there is no person on the planet we talk about all the things that happen to our black men and it is awful but there is no more disrespected person on the planet than the black woman. She's disrespected by everyone, even the black men who should be protecting her. So I just want to say that. And if you're real with yourself, no matter what race and gender you are listening to this, and you really sit and ponder all the stories of black women, 
black transgender women, you'll see I'm not lying when I make that statement. Just go through the news and see how our missing rape or murders are spoken of and reported on versus our counterparts. But let's get into this story. So, the man Samuel Little is now believed to be the deadliest serial killer in U.S. history, having confessed to killing 93 people, virtually all of them women, over four decades in 19 states. So far, officials have positively identified more than 50 of them. Though he was arrested dozens of times and linked to at least eight sexual assaults, attempted murders, or killings, he repeatedly managed to slip through the cracks of the justice system, usually benefiting from the perceived unreliability of his victims, meaning women who weren't worthy of respect or believing. I'll get into that. As we continue reading, you'll see what they meant by that. Now locked up. Well, actually, we're going to get to it right now. Now locked up for life in a California prison, little 80 years old has told police that he intentionally targeted women who would not be missed if they vanished or believed if they survived. Sex workers were first on his list, followed with people of addictions and others on the margins of society, many of them women of color. So I just wanted to bring this story up because no matter what race you are, often when a woman says she was raped and no matter what sector of society, sex worker, non-sex worker, defense lawyers tear rape victims assault victims, abuse victims apart on the stand. They do anything to protect the monster they're representing. And I'm not opposed to that. Believe it or not, I one time wanted to be a defense attorney. And I think there it's it's a it's a job where you you're going to be loved and hated all at once because everyone needs defense. That's how our country's set up. But you know, in situations like this, um, victims get re-victimized often by the judicial system. And people get set free and nobody believes you just because of what you were wearing at the party. Did you have a drink at the party? Are you a black girl at the party? So all these preconceived notions and prejudices, and then you add to it that it's a sex worker or a drug addict. Of course he continued to get away with it. And this is a black man, by the way, for those who are just coming in. Again, do your research. Just go look up Samuel Little, serial killer. You can do your own research, form your own opinion. But the takeaway of today's podcast episode is really this. The legal system in America needs to stop prosecuting and persecuting. It's like the brand new version of the witch hunts. Women, men, they, them, trans people who are making a way out of no way or who are simply enjoying sex and also financially gaining from it. 
I always tell people I will never, ever, ever be sorry for my choices. I supported a family the best I could. I did the best I could. I now have three businesses, all of which came out of sex work. I probably would have never learned web design if I didn't have a need to. I wouldn't have learned marketing if I didn't have a need to. I wouldn't have learned SEO if I didn't have a need to. And I wouldn't have grown this love for all different kinds of foods and taste and sounds if I hadn't have been an escort who was fortunate enough to enjoy times with really good men with luxury lives who allowed me new experiences. So I have no, you know, regrets. Were there bad times in there? Of course. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and struggle builds character. And some of you younger people don't understand that. But again, what doesn't kill you usually makes you stronger and struggle builds character. But we have to stop. Please, if any men are listening, I don't know. I don't I don't know the full reach of my podcast. I hope it grows. I know my growth probably stalled because I haven't done episodes as often lately. But there's probably someone listening who knows someone who knows someone. We need to stop being perceived as being less than human. We need the same decriminalization and legalization that you're giving to so many things. You did it for marijuana. Oregon's done it for hard drugs. Why can't that be done for us in all 50 states and territories? All of them. This is something that gives people happiness, comfort, and sanity, and pleasure. And we should not be punished for uh, giving that. And we shouldn't be punished for financially gaining from it. We have to stop trying to control what people do with their sexuality. It's nobody's business but theirs. It's really not. And... We aren't out here destroying marriages. The marriage was already destroyed if he was already considering picking up the phone or sending the email. The issues were already there. The issues were absolutely already there before he contacted one of us. But I just wanted to come through and grace y'all with my presence. Um, I expected that episode to take longer, (laughs) but it didn't. But please, you know, I will hopefully soon be getting back to uh, interviewing other people. I don't know when it'll be. It'll probably be somewhere between January and February before I have time to sit down and make a list of those of you who I'd like to reach out to, to have on the podcast. Um, I look forward to it. Um, 2020 was a wild year. So in case I don't come back on before then, I wish all of us new prosperity, happiness, and good health going into 2021. Uh, Everyone enjoy. And of course, taken by storm web design and assistance, SEO, and ad copywriting services are still available. You can visit my site at takenbystorm.co. Visit my profile at supergirlstorm to find that link if you didn't quite understand it when I said it. 
If any of you all need catering or a personal chef, uh, I do travel, but I'm based in Atlanta. And you can DM me for private intel on my catering and personal chef business. And yeah, I'll be blessed. And be sure to subscribe to my podcast or favorite it so that you can always stay up to date. And I got to go now because now I need to record <laughs> my food business podcast. So be well and be safe. Thanks for listening.